When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, Snapback fam? Welcome back to another episode of the Snapback Sports Pod. On this episode, the Snapback Awards, our second annual award show where we give out awards similar to those at the ESPYs, except ours are way cooler. Examples of the awards, the college player we wish we could have played with in a video game, game of the year, champion of the year, retired athlete of the year, and the best rivalry of the year. And then we'll get into a little Monday mailbag, Jamal Adams, MLB dopers and a little NBA talk. Snapback fam, let's get it. The Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. It's on all year, every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh, he broke his ankles. What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Settleman from Snapback Sports. Joining me today, and as always, my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, what is on your mind today? Right this second, it's how bad I smell. Because <laughs> I got a workout right before this. I'm just going to throw in that weird flex. Um, and you're just like, yo, let's hop on at 12.45. And I'm like, I guess I'm not showering. So I'm going to be sitting here for the next hour recording, trying not to throw up at my own body odor. Fair enough. What's well, on my, your mind? On my mind is the nice trifecta I hit yesterday in the Belmont Stakes. I know you have a bone to pick with me. It's Obviously, just – you, you, go ahead. All right. I was promoting Dr. Post. Look, this is the thing. I was given a horse to promote, and I knew the winner of the race was going to be the best horse. They said is potentially the third best – or the best three-year-old horse of all time. American Pharaoh would time. smoke this yeah. horse. All right. Tis to win, in it to win it, whatever the heck his name was. And he cleared the field. Did you happen to watch the race? He, Not a second. He dominated. Like, he was – the thing is, he's the craziest closer of all time. So they said, <laughs> if he's in top – if he's top three over the second half of the race, it's essentially over. He was top three throughout. So he crushed You're literally it. betting on playoff Mariano Rivera. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So then I'm pushing Dr. Post all week, and he was a third favorite, but he finished second, and then – we thought that the third place horse was in last the whole race, so I thought I was toast. And then the odds or the standings come in, the final comes in, and I saw my guy fifteen to one finish number three, and I was like, okay, that's a nice. $200 I mean, you're just payday. that kid. You're just that kid that that promotes one pick, like tells all your friends to bet this, bet this. You're all riding together. It doesn't hit. You're all just like that. He's like. Well, I also took this. That's it's not like, true, oh, though. Come on, like you, text, you couldn't have, you couldn't have tweeted out once like this. You texted me. Lock. You said, "Are we taking Doctor Post?" I said, "No." That's just you didn't just say no. You emphasized no. Yeah, I didn't think he was gonna win. So then I actually got a call from Max, my cousin, who was with a few of his friends, and they were like, "What are we betting on?" And I gave them the winning trifecta, and none of them bet it. So Couldn't have thrown it the fam's way? <laughs> I should have thrown it the fam's way. All right, fam, into the Snapback Awards. The Snapback Awards is an annual thing. This is our second year doing it. 
where we create fun categories and then we break down the past year in sports. So, number one, NCAA football, the last version of it was made in 2014, hopefully making a comeback eventually, but the first category, the snapback awards, the college football. Before we go on, why hasn't it made a comeback? Because they weren't allowed to do it with people's likenesses. That's but they were allowed thing. to do it in 2014. What changed? I don't know what the change was. I think they, I think they started to complain and be like, "Hey, they're literally using our likeness." Like people forget, the past five years for the NCAA has made a massive shift. Massive shift, giving more rights to the players year by year. It's still not even close to there, but mm-hmm. we're still moving that direction. So, um, anyways, NCAA football player you wish you could have played with in the past year. The candidates are. Joe Burrow, Heisman winner, Chase Young, Jonathan Taylor, and Tua. Want me to Abe, bat lead off? Abe, take it away. So you, you think about the game. The last time it came out was 2014. Mm-hmm. And at that point, video games weren't – they were easy, right? Like I stopped playing Madden nowadays because it just got hard. You can't just hit A over the middle of four verticals every time. Um, <laughs> you can't just spam that. So – that was really an offensive focus game where it was so easy. So I'm not going to pick a defensive player and chase young because dominating the line of scrimmage, like who, who cares? Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to score touchdowns here. Um, that being said, I'm going Jonathan Taylor. Really? I used to run the, I used to run the ball a lot in that game. Just spam the running back. Um, I would pick burrow or Tua, but like in those, like I would take Justin Fields over burrow and Tua in that game, just because he has the ground game. I loved running in that game. Jonathan Taylor was an absolute animal. He like actually reminds me of Saquon with his size and speed. Obviously very different um, running backs, but I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor on that one. Interesting. So I, I like the call out on fields. I think that was potentially left off the list. Um, another one left off the list is your boy, Jalen Hurts. You got the dual threat in college. That's always a fun quarterback. Well, I don't want to play with him because I don't want to get him hurt. <laughs> That's true. Save him for the pros. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. Why? LSU's offense looked like a video game this year. Facts. And I think I would just like to play with the video game version of Joe Burrow. The fun part is now that all these guys are in the pros and we'll actually get to play with them in Madden, but playing with them in college with their college teams, that LSU team trying to score 100 points every game in your franchise or dynasty mode, whatever it is, is a lot of fun. So I'm going to go... With Joe Burrow. I wonder what Joe Burrow, like, because going into the year, Joe Burrow was considered, like, a third-round pick. LSU, like, was kind of came out of nowhere this year. Mm-hmm. There's no way his overall was that good in the beginning of the year. That's I true. I mean, we're talking That's about a, a video game out. that doesn't exist. But, like, <laughs> Still a it's, good like Lamar, it's like Lamar Jackson last year in Madden. What he right. started as, like, a 78 or something? Like, with these guys that nobody expects them to, whereas Tua had the years before, he was probably would be way better in the game. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence probably would have had a high rating oh, going yeah, into the year. Why isn't on that? That's your guy. <laughs> that is my guy. But he's he's a fun video game quarterback, but nothing. Probably I wouldn't say. absolute dots. Dots, dots. All right, on to the next category. The rivalry, the best rivalry of last year. And all of these candidates were given to us by our producer, Andrew Eagleson. He's from yeah, Canada. Make sure you preface this category. Like <laughs> so you will see maybe some of his inflection here. Best rivalry of last year, Eagles and America's team. He wrote that. He wrote that. I didn't say that. Before I mean, you go that. on, do you act, does anyone actually no, consider the Cowboy America's team? I don't think there is an NFL America's team right now. And to say, like, anyone's you know America's team, it's not the Cowboys. I almost just said the Ravens. 
I mean, people love I'm not, the Raiders. No, it, it probably would be the Chiefs. It, it would but, be, like, America, Kansas City, Missouri? Yeah, they're more like, we're from Missouri. That's our team. They're less what, of what America's the, team. What does America's team even know. mean? That's so stupid. Eagles and the Cowboys. Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames. This was prefaced <laughs> with apparently there were some goalie fights and it was an electric rivalry. Lakers Clippers and Duke UNC. So the reason Duke UNC is in there is because that absolutely insane game. Duke actually swept the regular season series. Lakers Clippers, I think, is a really fun category that just popped onto the map really this year. Calgary Flames, I mean, uh, and the Oilers, I don't know. And Eagles Cowboys, which split 1-1, but was for the division we were there. So, Abe, what do you think? Um... Eagles Cowboys can't be it solely because they both were awful last year. Like, okay. we like were that. nine and seven. Um, I'm not going to even talk about the hockey one. This is one of those categories where I'm going to choose a different one, and I'm going to choose my favorite current rivalry going on and the most entertaining one, and that is the MLB Players Association <laughs> and the owners and the commissioner. Because every day there is some news coming out, like with the whole when and where thing, like. Okay, the owners kind of told you when and where, and you're still countering. Yeah. Like, there's supposed to be a vote tonight. This has just been entertaining. Um, I've been getting trolled when there's good news about baseball, about the about my take that I had, and then when there's bad news about baseball, people go silent out of nowhere. It's really convenient, right? So that's, that's a rivalry that keeps on giving right now. God knows how it's going to end. I mean, I told you a few weeks ago. But the union versus the owners, I mean, that's really a rivalry in every sport because yeah. it's just a battle for the dollars. But right now, it's just a movie between them. If it's I... kind of like, like the parent trap. <laughs> Good reference. All right, if I had to make you pick a category because we might throw this on some social graphics, who would you go with? Oh, we're talking about this category? Yeah. I don't know why you can't throw the MLB players union. Whatever. <laughs> if I was going to pick one this year... It's hard not to go Lakers Clippers, even though it didn't end. But like that's what we've all been looking forward to all year. They've had great battles. I remember that Sunday afternoon game right before COVID got down. The Lakers won. Um, it's just the rivalry that we've all been looking forward to towards the end of this year, and it won't happen probably because I don't think the NBA is coming back. But Eagles Cowboys, they weren't good enough last year. Hockey's hockey. UNC was awful last year out of Terrible. nowhere. Like, they were Terrible. awful, even though that, that they always play up to their competition. I would say that rivalry because of that one game, but the jerseys were so bad in that game <laughs> that they don't deserve the res- my respect. Good like The, the practice jerseys. So yeah. I'm going to go, if I had to choose other than the owners and the players union in the MLB, Lakers Clippers. All right, I'm going Lakers Clippers as well. I think the fun of it is it's kind of a newer rivalry that was born out of all the offseason moves, mm-hmm. which was really exciting. The opening game they played each other? Or was it like, it was early in the season. Maybe it wasn't opening night. I think night. it might have been opening ga- game. Well, it was opening game. And uh, I think the Clippers won that one. They looked did impressive. Did they play Christmas too? They did play they Christmas. They had to have. Yeah, they, they had to have. Did they? Yes, yes. The The Lakers choked actually. Clippers. Eagleson. Eagleson. No, no, no. Look up the score. No, I know for, I remember. Christmas. I remember now. The Lakers were up late and they actually choked. I think. Beverly stripped LeBron at the end of the game off his leg. Pat Beverly. And then the Lakers got him right before the break. So that that is also an exciting rivalry because that game is still – I mean, there's still games to be played, we think, in the Western Conference Finals. In terms think, of the – You think. The, the rivalry is also super interesting because the Clippers won two of three. The Lakers won the most recent one. 
But when they play at Staples, it's a Lakers sellout no matter who's the home team. But now that there's no fans, you don't have the fan aspect of it. But Lakers Twitter and Lakers social media owns, like, I mean, they own the Clippers. Like, who was a Clippers fan? They own the city. They own the city. So I think that's what makes that rivalry super unique because if the Lakers win, it's just going to be like, LOL, the Clippers literally can't win anything. They have no banners. They have nothing. If the Clippers win, they kind of get the last laugh even with everyone. Let me let me let me let you in on a little fun. If the Clippers were if the if the COVID never happened and the Lakers yeah. Clippers met in the Western Conference Finals and the Clippers won in X amount of games, yeah. it wouldn't mean anything. It's still Lakers City. It will always no. be a Lakers City. Well, it would still be a Lakers City, but they would absolutely get the last laugh and they would be playing in the NBA Finals. I mean, but trust like, me, if you're a Clippers fan, all you've heard about is LeBron are there AD. Such things? There's a few. I There's went to a, a Clippers game. There's a few, but it's not like the Lakers. Crazy. I'm very curious no to see what that. a Clippers crowd will look like because they're moving. They're moving to Inglewood in that stadium, um, which is good because you and I were talking about that. The biggest benefit for this whole NBA bubble COVID thing is the Clippers because chances are they would have met up with the Lakers. And mm-hmm. even though they would have had the home hardwood, they're playing seven road games. Right. The crowd right. is against their back every time. And in the NBA playoffs, that matters a lot. Without a doubt. All right, on to the next category, which is champion of the year. The champions of the past year that we're focusing on. The Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Niners. The Blues come from the absolute dungeon to win the Stanley Cup, as do the Nationals. And then we don't have an NBA champion, so we're going to let the Raptors hold that but we spot. Don't have a, we don't, yeah, we don't have a... NHL champion either like when we had this conversation last year we had we talked about the blues that's correct that is correct good point good call out but we didn't have baseball all right so it's really only two new champions but well, we're we can take leave. we can throw in uh we can throw in LSU yeah LSU good call out good we call can out. throw in um the Washington Mystics Ugh. <laughs> took down the- speaking yeah. of which let's let the fam in we're back I know. We're coming back. But we had a massive season-ending injury to Kelsey Plum. What? What do you mean? Yeah, she she got hurt and she's out for the year. Which what do you is, mean massive? The season didn't start. I know she got hurt. Uh, your boy on the Eagles got hurt before the season started. Also, don't get me started. Um, so Champ- for those of you who don't know, Jack and I are diehard Las Vegas Aces fans. Um, if you can go back to we got to find that episode in that one clip and then like tweet it out or instagram it out for when the shot went in last we needed year video for that we should have been doing yeah. video back but then. um i think that's coming back WNBA the 22nd a month from tomorrow to back yes all right who's your champ of the year Damn, dude that kelsey plum really just put a damn right she was nice in the playoffs she was nice uh my champion of the year is the kansas city chiefs you think about the playoff run they had being down double digits in three straight playoff games. Um, you mix that with the combination of Andy Reid getting the getting it off his back and getting his first ring. Patrick Mahomes, final, like not finally, it's his second, third year in the NFL. Um, finally breaking through and getting that first ring. Just The sky's the limit for him. You don't know if he's going to get seven, eight, nine, ten, <laughs> probably just one or two. Um, <laughs> it's crazy to think. Like these Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, like all-time great quarterbacks. They have one Super Bowl. Right. Like it's Peyton that has hard two, to win but one. one is fake. To put plus... it in perspective how crazy yeah. six is for yeah. Tom. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go the Chiefs. They were one of the most electric teams to watch. Like Patrick Mahomes is appointment television more so than Lamar Jackson, the baby choke. Um, so the Chiefs are my champion of the year. But LSU is a good call. Yeah, I'm going LSU. Special shout out to the Nationals. They were down and out 
like a million times. Like even yeah, in the in playoffs, that wild card in the wild game against they're the out, They were they just were knocked out of playoff contention by every pundit back in whenever and they made that comeback. That you was remember, an electric. You World remember Series that wild also. card game? I forget who the right fielder was that did it. The ball went through his legs, and that's how yeah. the Nats scored. Yeah. And but I'm going with LSU. I've never seen a team after after they came to Texas, which was really their closest game of the year, which is nuts to say. You were I've riding. Ne- you were riding that all year. Dude, we played LSU the closest. We did. We <laughs> absolutely did, which is hilarious. But the fact that. They after that point they never looked back. They, I don't know if they were a live underdog at any point. They just smoked everyone. Even the game against Alabama where it was close, it never felt like Dude, what about Alabama the, the, had a the chance. The semifinal game against Oklahoma. Yeah, exactly. That like, what do you seven they, touchdowns they in the first half? They could have scored a hundred points. And the championship game was close in the first half, and they still it was still like. I think they got down at one point, and it was just like there's you can't stop them. You literally we talked yeah, no, to Trayvon Diggs, to and they were like, Clemson. "Yeah, I I was on that. I was in that as well. I was so hype. We were so hype on Clemson going into that yeah, playoff because I I thought they were being disrespected, and who so turned and it, and they were because people said they weren't that good, and then they beat an Ohio State team. But I just think we might have disrespected LSU even more by underestimating I how. I mean, that offense was unstoppable. It was literally unstoppable. You think about the weapons they had, but the craziest part about that, has you ever seen a picture of that offensive line without their shirt on? Oh, yeah. It's they are the biggest human beings I've ever seen in my – like, they're double the size of NFL linemen. Like, I could have sat back there and threw, threw a few touchdowns. <laughs> I and actually just, you don't mix disagree in Coach yeah, Coach O. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was like, the he's a first-round pick, and he got no love throughout the year. Let me ask you a question. Do we know – how good LSU is going to be next year? Like, do they have a quarterback come in or something? Or was it kind I of know just a one and done with Burrow? We traveled to Death Valley week two, and I'll hopefully be you there. Will not I don't be know. There, my <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you will not be there. <laughs> but we're going to beat in them. The South. They'll we, be open. We got to get our Miami Dolphins beat reporter Dean Care back on. He's also our Texas correspondent. He is jazzed. Do you think up. he wants in on the. Uh, the Ellinger Heisman bet with me too. Oh my God, he would. He'll put, probably take him to win it. His life savings are low right now, but he would put all of them on that bet. I know that for a fact. All right, on to the best game of last year. So let's go back. Let's relive some memories. Saints Vikings playoff game. Kirky Cousins. That was also a mailbag question. Someone said, "Is he a?" steak waiter steakhouse waiter he want they want the people want cousins to get the upgrade after the playoff win you know we're in a pandemic jobs are tight (laughs) sticking at the bees uh so viking saints nlds game five eagleson give me some give me some help here which nlds game game five well there's only one nlds no and there's two series is no yeah there's two eagleson come on Exactly. All right, he'll he'll chime in. He's going to write in the chat for us. And then what else do we have? Calgary, Edmonton, Battle of Alberta. Oh, that game was crazy. <laughs> that game was nuts. I don't what the know hell what is that, that is. Eagleson? I don't know what that is. Uh, Dodgers, Nats, game five. Oh, that game was pretty nuts. What happened? Uh, just like home runs back and forth. I think Kershaw came in. He got shelled. It was the grand slam. Oh, Kershaw got shelled in the playoffs? <laughs> right. It was the gotcha. grand slam game. Who hit it? Howie Kendrick. And then um, Clemson, Ohio State semifinal. Clemson, Ohio State semifinal. Abe, game of the year. Give it to Kirk. 
Can we just go back to that podcast record that week when I said I want to take the Vikings, I want to bet on the Vikings, and everyone told me I'm an idiot, and I actually listened to other people for, I think, the first time You mean like everyone listened to you about betting Dr. Post? Exactly. And then you cash on a trifecta and are (laughs) retiring happy? But I just felt it in my plums that game. Abe, what's your game of the year? Game of the year is none of these. It's the Duke-UNC game we were referring to earlier um, with the – the miss, like he missed the free throw on purpose. Got it, caught it, uh, just shot it up. Duke ended up winning, but we got. I gotta watch those highlights again. But that game was absolute madness. Was if nice. I had to choose for the category, yeah, Clemson, Ohio State. You think about the stage that it was on. Clemson went down the field, uh, took the lead late, and then Ohio State was coming down to win it again. And Justin Fields just handed the ball to Clemson in the back of the end zone. I remember I was watching that in a hotel room in Mexico. And I was obviously rooting for Clemson because, one, I bet on them. Two, Casey and Quinn mm-hmm. go to Ohio State. Three, Penn State, Ohio State. Um, so it was just it was just a euphoric feeling. Yeah, I just it felt- th- saw the pick. I was so tired to turn the TV off and sweet dreams. <laughs> Do you know the story of what happened uh, on that interception at our house? No. So we're all Oh, to- I think I do. So we're all together and for everyone listening, you probably know Casey from the YouTube stuff, but he goes to Ohio State. Our cousin Quinn was a senior at Ohio State. Like they're trying to ride out their last semester, go see a national championship no, game. Quinn Quinn had graduated. We're old. Oh, dude. Quinn had graduated. Fast we're fact. old, dude. He he wanted to go to the title game regardless. Casey's girlfriend, who also went to Ohio State, was with us over Christmas break. And Fields throws the pass into the end zone. It's caught. And she jumps up cheering, thinking they caught the touchdown and won the game. And the rest. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Casey and her are no longer together. (laughs) Unfortunately, that is accurate. I don't know what the correlation is. I would imagine. I think you guys are. I I would imagine it's high. As the the honorary math member on this podcast, I think you can add that up. Uh, that was, that was a great game, but I'm going to give it to the Vikings. I think the Vikings kind of controlled the first half and they were still doubted. Everyone's picking the Saints to come back in the second half. I think people forget now that the Chiefs won and the Niners kind of handle, they handled the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. The Saints were like, without a doubt, the favorite in everyone's book to make the Super Bowl. Like it was it was right. right it, was, hand up. it was Saints versus whoever made it out, Chiefs or Ravens. And but there like there was a big debate who's gonna make it out, Mahomes or Lamar. I don't think oh, Okay. That, I mean there was a Brady in there. No, I didn't I, I at least didn't think so. He was I mean, I at least didn't think the Ravens were going to. That's fine. But ninety nine percent of people weren't dumb enough to say the Saint or the Ravens didn't have a chance. So on the on the NFC weren't side dumb enough or were smart enough? On the NFC side it was pretty conclusive, though, that the Saints were going to make the Super Bowl, which is nuts to think because they didn't even have a bye. So I think Kirk Cousins who made the who, Super Bowl. Oh, the Niners! Yeah, <laughs> it was it was Kirk Cousins on the road. Digs with the drama. They go up in the first half. Dalvin's eating, and then the Saints start coming back. They go to Taysom Hill to bring him back. All momentum is with the Saints. They force overtime, and then Kirk Cousins comes down. With literally the greatest throw of his life. An absolute dime to Thielen. And then you top it all off with a clear offensive pass interference that they don't review and the Saints lose on. That 
is we could have talked about that rivalry too. The city of New Orleans versus every person that were every person in a Reebok shirt <laughs> or a Foot Locker shirt is what they say. I didn't really watch a lot of that game because I was tailgating Eagles Seahawks. That was right after that. Mm. Um, Jadavian Clowney really just got twenty twenty started and <laughs> went just downhill from there. Yeah, um, twenty twenty not not our year, but maybe the second half will be better. Who knows? Uh, we kind of already started the second half. Mm, we no. got to finish this month. Yeah, we got to finish the ten. All days. right, so we got we got ten shitty days left, guys, and then we'll turn it around. And in those ten days, you'll have two snapback episodes to listen to. Uh, probably three. Definitely three. Thanks, but, math guy. Yeah, you're not the math guy. You never have been. All right, final category is retired athlete from the past year. The four candidates are Connor McGregor, Connor McGregor, Luke Keekley, Curtis Granderson. I had no clue he retired. And Eli, two-time Super Bowl champion Manning. Abe, your retired athlete. Uh, Vontae Davis. Why can't you ever stick to the candidates? Like that's Vontae, the most. Okay, thing first off, ever. Eagleson gave us these, and half of them have hockey guys in them. So that's no, that's no, 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 that's not true. Two categories Two, have one. Vontae Davis literally retired in the middle of a game. That might have been two seasons ago. Wait, time out. That was two seasons ago, and his name is not Vontae Davis. Vontae, who is definitely Vontae Davis? Who is Vontae Davis on the Bills? I don't. Oh, okay. It was fine. Yeah, that was two seasons ago. Yeah. Apologize so, me. okay. If you want me to choose from the list, yeah, I'm going. I'm going the notorious because he's no way in his, is he retired. <laughs> you know. So just, I UFC and boxing retirements crack me up. It's essentially you fight once, and then you don't fight, and you're essentially retired until someone goes, "Here's forty million dollars." Oh, okay. I'm not retired. You only. You only fight when people ask you to it's not like you have a schedule stuff like that so you can just keep saying you're retired conor mcgregor has done this a million times chances are he's setting himself up for a huge another fight or he did a layup fight against cowboy cerrone um that made everyone think he was back but i mean the notorious he's the best entertainer in sports he's appointment television what more can you ask for I'm not so picking boring eli manning last year's candidates two of them that i'll that i remember gronk who's back <laughs> and Marshawn Lynch who played in the playoffs. So this is not the end for all these guys. Potentially. I, I agree with McGregor. I think the last three actually are out. I am pissed off by this list though. We, I mean, Eagleson just admitted the best, uh, the best retired athlete, Vince Carter. Vince Carter yeah. is okay. The... I can't believe you just gave me shit for picking off the list. <laughs> I mean, he just chose Vince Carter. It's just he didn't even offer that up, and that was the clear one. And people are going to be pissed if we don't mention Vince. So Vince Sanity is the winner. But off the list, I love Luke Keekley. It's such a shame he retired early. But I'm going Eli, like two time Super Bowl champ, the only person to really, well, oh whatever. wait, he didn't even put Andrew Luck in this. Andrew Luck doesn't deserve to be on this list. What do you and Conor McGregor does? <laughs> Conor McGregor is the greatest of his sport potentially. Eli two Super Bowl rings. Andrew Luck. I don't. I think he won one playoff game. One playoff win. I think. Yeah, I'm going Eli Manning. That's that, not fun. He's just got a stupid face. <laughs> I know. That wraps up the Snapback Awards. We will post all this stuff on Snapback Pod on Instagram, and we want to hear your votes. And also, who did we omit? from the list and really just yell at Eagleson who did Eagleson omit yeah, exactly exactly all right for every person he omit he should have to f- film himself doing a suicide <laughs> or 10 burpees I'm down with that 
On to Monday mailbag. The big news of the week is that the Ravens will be getting Jamal Adams. Sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. The big news of the week and the question from Trevor Stahl is Jamal Adams' trade predictions. Trevor's question was actually in relation to the Cowboys. What would the Cowboys have to give up to acquire Jamal Adams and sign both him and Dak to long-term contracts? That's a complex question. My boss at work is a Jets fan but also like a Jets reporter be uh, more like he analyzes as a podcast he's a big presence in the Jets community specifically on Twitter so I asked him what like obviously Jamal Adams requests a trade but what is he you know what's it going to take to get him and this is where I think the general mass population when the trade happens they're going to be like oh my god the Jets are so dumb that's the worst trade ever because to get Jamal Adams it's not going to require anything crazy it's going to require a first round pick and some change. And some change. Which is really isn't anything crazy because there's with there's no way that the first round pick because they're not gonna give up it's not gonna be a bad team. He wants to be traded to a contender. So it's a late first round pick and you know, maybe next year second or a third and then a younger player or a piece. So whoever that they get from that is not gonna be as good as Jamal Adams. If Jamal Adams was in next year or this year's draft, he's a top five pick. I don't think that's up for debate. No. What the situation is, though, you got to pay him. That's where it's going to make it look bad because people are like, oh, that's not a fair deal until you realize you got to sink $15 million a year into this guy. Is it worth it? Maybe work it. I don't know, Abe. What do you think? This whole situation is interesting because you look at the, the people that Jamal, the draft class Jamal Adams came up with. It's Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Tredavious White, Jamal Adams. Nobody's really gotten that, that big contract yet. So, like... Why is Jamal Adams so pressed on getting this next contract when nobody else in his draft class has gotten paid? That makes me think the Jets are being the Jets. The Jets have said some disrespectful stuff. Maybe they've offered him something that it was totally he wasn't worth. But like the idea that he needs to get a deal done now when I think he's under contract for at least the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. Right? That makes sense? Um, that makes me think the Jets are being the Jets. That being said, when his list came out, of which teams he wanted to go to, I feel like a lot of fans were humbled. Because what was the list? It was Super Bowl contenders. He just went to Las Vegas. And teams from Texas. He went to Las Vegas. He went, okay, they're the favorite. They're the second favorite. Third favorite. Eh. Okay, fifth favorite. Sixth. (laughs) And then it was any team because he's from Texas that he threw in. Thankfully, the Eagles were on there. So that was Oh, so that's how you're rationalizing Cowboys and Texans. That's interesting. I mean, that's how I'm rationalizing the Texans. I mean, the only counter is that no. they were in the divisional round, and they also, they only lost D-Hop, in theory. But they kept Bill O'Brien. You're right. No, that's definitely a loss. So, a... if you're Joe Douglas, the GM of the of the Jets, Bill O'Brien's your first call. I, without a doubt. I posted He's your first a graphic call. on my story. I think it was, Bill, it was uh, Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt for Jamal Adams and two bags of Frito-Lays. Yeah, it's like, Joe will call and say, you give us a first for Jamal, who goes, that sounds nice. How about two? <laughs> right. He's like, I really want to get this done. He's like, no, we only wanted one. I texted right, you. Fine. I texted you like Friday when this list came out or whatever. My feeling of where he's gonna go. Yeah. I think he goes to Seattle. I I could not agree more. Why? Is, is, no idea. This no oh, idea. I can give you an explanation. I feel, I don't know what they necessarily have to offer. I know they have some cap because they're not bringing back Clowney. Um. 
just like rebuilding that Legion of Boom, it's just like one of those things Dude, that I feel in my stomach. I, so you know how many Seahawks fans that follow Snapback because mm-hmm. all I do is shit on them and I hear it, constantly hear it. And every I said, where's Jamal Adams going? I like to pull the fans and Seahawks fans were out of control. They're like Seahawks, Seahawks, Seahawks. Because we want to rebuild the Legion of Boom. They're obsessed with having that great Wouldn't secondary. You? Wouldn't yeah. you? They went to with, two Super Bowls. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And it totally makes sense. I agree. I think Clowney's gone. I think Clowney's out the door. And I think that's the right move. I would rather have Jamal Adams than Jadavion Clowney. Which is also funny that, like, no one... Like, why does no one want Jadavion Clowney? Because he's a murderer who puts heads <laughs> on the ground. So I do think the Seahawks are the best... Uh, what about from our team's perspectives? Like, what do you like? I know yeah. for you, I texted you. I was like, would you even want him? Like, obviously, you want an all pro player. Like, yes. If you can add a good football player, you want to add a good football player, yeah. whether it's not a need. What do you think about that? All right. So, everyone asked me this Do the Ravens want and do the Ravens have a chance to get Jamal Adams? Do the Ravens have a chance? I'll start there. I think we actually do because we have Matt Judon. So we franchise tagged him. He's the next big pass rusher who's going to get the contract. I think we're willing to move him. So we could theoretically trade him to the Jets. The problem is it's not a perfect fit. Like we could move Judon to the Seahawks and then get Clowney because they want to replace the pass rush. So we could do that. It just doesn't make sense for us. Chuck Clark was really good. He's like, he wasn't the captain of the defense, but he was a really good communicator and leader. He's the strong safety. I think with Earl Thomas back there, it makes sense as a fit with having Jamal play in the box and Earl play deeper on the field. And I said, we would have the best secondary. I'm not going to say of all time because people would freak out, but we would say of all time. No, I'm not. I'm not. And we will never know. We'll never know. Oh, I'm definitely thinking it. And you definitely texted me it. I mean, it would it would be the best in the league. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah. Earl Thomas, Pro Bowl. Jamal Adams, first team All Pro. Marlon Humphrey, Pro Bowl. Marcus Peters, Pro Bowl. Most people don't even know about Tavon Young, who was the best slot corner in the year in the league. He's been dealing with injuries, and you obviously have to put up with that. And then you get Jimmy Smith to just play in that role. You get Deshaun Elliott back from injury. And you would still have Chuck Clark. It would actually be disturbing. It would be disturbing. And the reason it would be a good fit is because what the Ravens lack is pass rush. But what we like to do more than anything is actually blitz. So if you could just go one-on-one-on-one with two deep safeties and then blitz linebackers, you would have a really good chance. You might not need as much pass rush. Do I think we do it? No, because we have to pay Lamar Jackson eventually. And we have to pay Ronnie Stanley, who's one of the best tackles, if not the best in the league, and Orlando Brown. I wouldn't do it. The secondary is too deep right now. It doesn't make sense. But it's fun to think about. Yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles are always that team that are that's thrown around when a big name's out there. I don't there. know I mean, why. Why is that always the case? I think it's, it's just Eagles fans. fans. I think it's yeah, the fans. Yeah. You guys are um, like – you guys are like But no, Eagles. it's also players like would welcome coming to Philadelphia. Of like course. we're a fun a city culture, to play for. Good culture, yeah. But in terms of fit, I mean – You've put Jamal Adams into a spot where we lost Malcolm Jenkins. He's that mm-hmm. Swiss Army knife who can play in coverage, who can play in the box sort of as that linebacker fit. Joe Douglas, the GM of the Jets, before he took the GM of the Jets job, he was Howie Roseman's right-hand man, the VP of player personnel. He's there. I essentially already traded for Jamal Adams. <laughs> I would give up Zach Ertz, I I'm think. Ertz in bro- a first or just Ertz? Not Ertz in a first. 
not Ertz in the first. I mean, Ertz in the first That's gets it done. Once again, it's all about just having to pay the guy. What's your cap situation? Because I know Wentz is on that big deal. Yeah, no. I mean, our cap situation is good right now. We have cap next yeah. year. Right, and that's what you have to look at because you're signing him for the future. Yeah, and I mean, who knows what the cap is now with Brandon Brooks. We just paid him this offseason. He just tore his second Achilles. And they said it complicates it ten times more because of no one knows what the cap's going to be. No one knows what the cap's going to look like. Yeah, I mean. So it's now becoming a riskier investment to sign Jamal Adams because you know you're going to have to pay him. Other teams on the list, like Abe said, Texans, I actually think that makes sense for them. They need defensive help, and they – they didn't want to sign D-Hop. They could mm-hmm. sign him. Cowboys. I also think that makes sense. I think if Jamal Adams said, I want to be a Cowboy. Like, right now, he listed a bunch of teams. If he said, I want to be a Cowboy, I actually don't know if Jerry Jones doesn't say, okay, we want you, and goodbye, Dak. Like, I genuinely believe he would do something like that. I, I, it's, this brought me back to the thought of, this is why you trade Zeke. Right. Oh, But they absolutely. have Le'Veon. But they absolutely. have Le'Veon. Right. Chiefs would be amazing for the Chiefs. I don't think they can do it with what they're about to pay Mahomes. I don't think they need to do it. I think they're bringing back that many starters. Like, you, you built off it. It's hard to it's hard to replicate that, and it's hard to say they. it's not a good idea when you're adding an all-pro safety. But, like, if it's not broke, don't fix it, in my opinion. In my opinion, this would be actually the optimal time to trade for Jamal because it's. I think we talk about the window all the time, right? This theoretically would be their window is still open this year because they haven't paid Mahomes. After that, it's just free fall on the cap. I think Patrick Mahomes, when he signs his extension, it's going to be like LeBron's deal with Nike. We'll never get the true numbers out of it. It's just going to be that. You much can't money. do that with the NFL contract. I think Patrick Mahomes <laughs> can do what he wants with Roger Goodell. That's fine. Eagles. We just talked about Niners. I mean, they would love to package that on defense. They've had cap issues. I know they traded Buckner to kind of loosen that up, but they do have Jimmy G tied up. And then Eagleson just chimed in and said the Bucks are an option. The dude Shocker. clearly wants Shocker. to play in the Super Bowl, which I honestly have I have a mental. I don't blame him for. either. <laughs> yeah. I want to play. I mean, the guy's been. Too. You spend enough years in Nor- in New Jersey playing football, you get a little sick of it. Could not agree more. All right, on to Brody Smith's question. You think the NBA will happen now that the Corona cases have spiked? Wait Abe. a second. Isn't Brody Smith? Is he the dude? Perfect guy. Yeah, he's Frisbee? something like that. It's not him though, but it might be. It could be. It could. It might be. be. Do you think the NBA will happen now that the corona cases have spiked? No way in hell. This is as if what's going on in Florida right now. Let's rewind a month and a half ago, and it's as if we're sitting here and talking about the NBA's getting ready to play at Madison Square Garden for a month. Like Florida is the new New York. It's the epicenter of the coronavirus. It is fully open. I'm seeing Snapchats of a girl I know from Miami at crowded ass bars. Like I don't even want to tell you what Dean did last night. I'll actually tell you off the air, but I couldn't. I could <laughs> not agree. Eleven. I could not agree more. They are out of control. But Adam Silver believes. And this is the confidence that I believe I do believe it's still going to happen. While Florida is crazy, and while maybe they target it because there were lesser cases, they really target it because of the worldwide sports and uh, Disney World or wherever they're playing. The problem is that they can't keep employees and our boy who actually works there out, right? Or they can't keep them in the bubble. But it it's does not make a bubble. It's but not it even does a bubble. But it does make sense. They are think about like everything that's going on right now. The protocol will keep them the safest it can in terms of the entire country. Like 
Trey Young is out by the pool, and maybe he'll go out to dinner, oh, right? Trey Young's not going. No, friend. I know, but I'm saying because I follow him on Snap, and like he's out and about, and like a bunch of these, like the Jazz were all playing with a bunch of guys who hadn't been tested, and they're doing practice runs. Everyone's hooping right now. That's what I'm saying. Now at least the players will have been tested. They'll be in this bubble, and the, it'll be as limited. It'll be as constructed as it can. So I still do think Adam Silver makes a good point that it will be the safest place. The question is, is it safe enough? Yeah. And it, realistically, no. What's the what's the upside? What's the downside? How do you take all that into the account? The upside is just strictly money for the league. But also for the players. Also for the players. You can't yeah, take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It affects future contract situations, exactly. CBA, if they don't have a league. The owners could essentially throw out this CBA and have to go right back to exactly. the table. And then we're looking at MLB Part 2 potentially with a strike and yep. made-up money. But how how much are you buying in? I saw Lou Williams on like an interview the other day. said Because yeah. they have until the 24th, so that's Wednesday, to announce if they're going to go or not. They have mm-hmm. until the 24th to decide. Lou will, a very big part of a championship contender team, mm-hmm. is saying he is 50-50. All right, I'm not going to talk about it from a social social justice aspect. But that's that, where he was, right? His is on the social justice. Was it? Not health. Yeah, I believe his is on the social justice. Because some people side. are health reasons. Like Joe Engel. Do you th- <laughs> oh, oh, Joe Engel is a fraud. <laughs> like, Do you think players will actually sit out for health reasons? Like with families and stuff and stuff like that? They're, they're away from their families for three months. Well, they're used to, you know, I don't think, like, I think you can just... Dis- not distance, but be away from your family for three months. I don't think that's really going to turn anyone. The safety th- issue, though. The, there's no doubt that the stars, not the stars, the higher-seeded teams have more of an incentive. I think there is an argument. Like, if you're – I mean, Kelly Oubre, he got injured and he took surgery. Like, he's not going to be there. But if Dude, you're if like – If I'm Aaron Gordon, like, I'm not going to that shit. Exactly. Yeah, maybe you're already there. Right. You <laughs> right. Know? You are going. Maybe if you're like Troy Brown Jr., on the Wizards, and you're like, like maybe we make a run to get to the play-in, and then we beat maybe the Magic. Maybe we just and then... hit Cabo and chill there for exactly. A weeks. So I agree. I think there's less incentive for those guys to potentially. Why go. didn't they? Why didn't they discuss going? Maybe they did discuss it, but why? Why didn't they choose to go like maybe to the Bahamas, somewhere international, not too travel, international? Travel. I would guess. I would guess they're taking private travel. planes anyway. I don't know if. I feel like the Bahamas would have been the most ideal. But they're all over the country, and there's also probably a lot of regulations with having to – everyone needs to have a passport. Right, and then we're talking about the Kings on the high up because Buddy Heald. He's bohemian. Oh, he is. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I don't have the Kings really making that playoff push. It is interesting, though. I think it's still going to happen. We'll see what happens on the 24th. I don't think a lot of people are going to say they're not. I don't think anyone's going to be like the guy who's like, I'm not going. Who's going to be Who's going to be the one to start it? I don't know if it starts, honestly. But if if we had to pick, like I I feel like I feel like Ingles actually would be that guy. The the Jazz are already messed up with Gobert and Spida, and he's already made. I, I don't plans. really believe in that. Like, like I understand like Rudy Gobert was being reckless about it, but if you look back at the times, like. Okay, they're going to get mad at him for maybe right. spreading this. Dude, there's but, millions of people that have gotten this. It's a global a pandemic. But but you, they released the reports that Spida and him have an irre- irreparable relationship. 
and he didn't refute that. Like, that's a very easy thing to be like, nah, Rudy's my guy. Rudy actually said we're we're working through it. Right. As if they're a married couple. Right. (laughs) They are. Point guard and big man. Pick and rolls. Big man that can't really do anything other than play defense. dunk and play defense. (sighs) He's just not that good. He's... He's just not. Him, probably, like, ten years ago, is an elite center. Him now in this game... I wouldn't want him on my team. I love that conversation. Like, which players were too far ahead of their time and too soon? Like, if Chris Bosh was in his prime today the way he was, he'd be unbelievable. I mean, he was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. (laughs) It's just people. Like, his game is totally built for today. He was that stretch forward. I mean, look at Kevin Love, the way he's adjusted his game. Well, I think that was more of a LeBron force. Oh, my God. Our our Twitter correspondent, Alex Browndorf, who runs a snapback Twitter. You know, he he said Anthony Davis was going to turn into Kevin Love. And just be sitting in the corner with LeBron waiting for threes. And now they run the offense. It's actually so. wild to see what happened to Kevin Love. He was a 20-20 and 20 guy. Yeah. In Minnesota. And now he's an like NBA champ. Now he's a champ. All right, final question from the mailbag from Dylan Davis. Should players who are known dopers be in the MLB, Hall of Fame examples, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, etc.? Should Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame? Let me rephrase that question. Should the best baseball player of all time be in the Hall of Fame? Plain and simple. Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he started taking steroids. What? But Not, do you know when that was? When his neck wasn't 50 inches big. Uh-huh. When he was on the Pirates and he was leading the league in stolen bases and still hitting home runs. Right. Um, yes, they should. Because essentially these guys, the Barry Bonds, the Mark McGuire's, the Sammy Sosa's, Ben was on our show the other day. They saved baseball. Right. After the strike in 95, these guys, the MLB knew what was happening. They knew they were taking steroids. Like, the MLB is as corrupt as every other league is. They knew these guys were taking steroids. Then once it became into public perception and the MLB started to look bad, then they pinned it all on the players and made they, them look bad. But the fact that you're keeping these guys out is like everyone was doing it at the time. You know what I mean? If everyone's doing it and you're all at the same level playing field – you put them in. It's the baseball hardos, the purest of the game, the guys that don't like bat flips, those guys. Those guys are the ones that are keeping them out. And baseball is the hardest sport to get into the Hall of Fame. You have to have, get 75% of the votes, and it's usually only three to four guys a year, and you're on it for I don't know how many years. Like Barry Bonds, it's like his eighth or ninth try or something in the Hall of Fame. Like he's getting towards the end, and they get up every year. But there's no doubt in my mind they should be in the Hall of Fame because, one, they save baseball. Two, they were just unbelievable players in general. And three, everyone was doing it at the time. Everyone was juicing. I get that they're on an even playing field, and they were the best players in their game, so they probably deserve it for being the it's best players from that It's all relative speaking that to that era. time. But then, but the question is from the, like, all right, let's say, hypothetically, it get, steroids gave them a 30% increase on everything they did, right? And then we could calculate those numbers. Okay, so he hit 70 home runs in a year. Okay, now he really only hit 45. And if you only hit 45 for, you know, X only amount of years. Right, runs. no, no, that's why I am in agreement, and everyone seems to be in agreement that they should be in the Hall. But I think, yes, they. if you take it, if it was a Hall of Fame, but if they did, like, a best of by decade, it's a lot easier conversation because, like you said, they're all on an even playing field. But the players now don't have that advantage that they had. So any numbers they look at are going to be looked at as way worse than when those That's guys That's why you have to hitting. look at relative to the times that they're yeah. in. Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, I think Barry Bonds was a Hall of Fame player without steroids. Barry Bonds. He's the best player of all time. 
Right, he would step up. He was like the best player in the MLB on just getting Dude, pitched to. He got intentionally walked with bases loaded multiple times a year. Have Could you, you imagine a guy comes to the plate and you're just like, nope, we're cool with giving up a run. Every time. It's wild. Have you ever seen the YouTube video on the analytics behind Barry Bonds? No. I know you're not a math guy, but I know you... I'm an analytics guy. Right. Not really. You I'm like, an eye test guy. I'm an eye you, test guy. You like Barry Bonds a lot. I'll send you this video on anyone from the fam who wants to see it. It's insane. It talks about if he never swung the bat in a whole season where he would have ranked out in that season, he would have been the best player in the league. If he it's like never, Wayne, it's like Wayne Gretzky. If he never scored, he'd still have the most points right, of all time. Right, he was that dominant. So yeah, I I'm just a believer, but I I I can't say I don't see the argument on the other side. I I see no argument. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. All right, Snapback fam, that was the Snapback Awards and a little Monday mailbag. Let us know your thoughts as always. Hit that subscribe button. And then we will talk to you on Thursday. Snapback fam, much love. Abe, any last words? Hit in the shower. Hit in the shower. All right, Snapback fam, much love. Peace.